Well, uh, Wednesday nights for um, all of last year and this year, we've been teaching something called Real Life. We're um, touching on real life issues. This is almost like biblical counseling for the whole crew and uh, dealing with all kinds of subjects. Right now, we're in the middle of something where we're dealing with the seven deadly sins. Now, you need to know that all sins are deadly. The wages of sin is, is death. And in church history, there were some that said, you know, there are some that seem to be worse than others, that cause other things, that seem to be roots. And we know this, that roots lead to, there you go, got a good answer. Root leads to fruit. So root issues lead to fruit issues. And there, there are things that are related. There's kingpin kind of sins almost. And so we're looking at these because they are very, very important. And we want to not just talk about the sin, we want to move ourselves to a virtue. Are y'all with me tonight? Okay. Uh, We want to move from the sin to a virtue or a strength uh, that would be the opposite of that. And so tonight I want to talk about envy. Go ahead and say envy. And uh, I'll get more into this in a moment. But envy is easy. It's real easy to get into. And uh, we want to get out of it as well. Have you ever heard the the saying green with envy? Okay. And that's pretty much because it makes you sick. It makes you sick. In Proverbs 14, verse 30, it says, A sound heart is life to the body, but envy, say it again, envy. Envy is rottenness to the bones. It's rottenness to the bones. So envy is vicious, it's destructive, but if you have a calm and tranquil heart, um, you have joy, you will thrive, you will flourish. Envy, notice it says, is rottenness uh, to the bones. Let me give you some of the words here uh, that help to define this. Decay, to weaken, eats away, takes life away, including health. And I believe this. Listen, I believe that if you live with envy in your life, and this is, uh, there are a lot of other things like this, it will affect your health. I think it will affect your health. We find over and over uh, in Proverbs and Psalms and the wisdom books, we find uh, the idea of bones uh, actually refers to your inner vitality and strength and health. And it, it, it really leads to, leans toward something physical. And you know that when you get upset about something, how many of you know it affects your, your good energy? Are y'all with me? And so if you live a life of envy, it, you know, it's one thing we might get envious. This is about all these things. You know, Pastor Mike shared about anger uh, last week. You, you get angry, but don't stay angry. We get down, but we don't, we don't stay down. We're either up or we're, or we're getting up. And, and, you know, everything is positional in this. But envy um, dislocates your soul. It gets your soul all cranked out and turned backwards on some things. It also ignores lordship. And we'll see how this fits together. Envy dislocates the soul. It ignores lordship. It leaves you spiritually distracted. There's no way that you're spiritually right on when you're envious about things. And it also leaves you emotionally confused. Because you're going to have some things flip-flop. Envy is certainly, if we're going to name them this way, is a deadly sin. Herman Melville said that envy is the rabies of the heart. And uh, we don't want that. I have a rabies story, but I'm not going to share it tonight. All right. 
So the, the sin, the problem is envy. The virtue that we want to move toward is love. And not just love, brotherly love. And the Bible has much to say about brotherly love. And we're going to be talking a lot about it uh, in upcoming weeks as well. But not just love, but I think one of the great outgrowths or fruit of love is trust. Is trust. And so it's almost the opposite and also it is the cure of envy is brotherly love. How many of you know you're better off, you're feeling better when you feel brotherly love as opposed to envy toward someone? And then that leads to trust. And trust is a wonderful thing and it's, it's something that we fight for. You should fight to get into that place where you're trusting God and be in relationships that are trustworthy. Envy causes you to live closed-fisted. It causes you to be uptight. You never relax. It steals your peace. And actually, let me tell you what envy is rooted in, okay? Insecurity. Guess what else is rooted in it, it this, the same way? is pride. Pride is actually insecurity. Um, and we could talk a lot about that. We'll get away from that for right now. Um, but envy is, is that way. It's closed-fisted, uptight, never relaxes, steals your peace. It's insecurity. Love and trust, though, is open-handed. Love and trust is free. Brotherly love and trust is secure. You know, think about it. You know, if you love and trust someone, you can say, yeah, it's in my desk. Help yourself. It's in the fridge. But if you envy somebody, it's like, what do you want? Right? And so we're either closed-fisted. And uptight and no peace and insecure, what do they want? You know, or we're open-handed, we're free, and we're trusting. And I'm telling you what, that will bring you a lot, a lot of peace in your life. Envy, really if uh, an equation here that's going to lead us to envy, is desire plus... I'll just put an R here because I ran myself out of rim. Desire plus resentment. Desire plus resentment. See, someone may have something that you like or that'd be nice to have. How many of you have ever seen somebody have got a, a dog that's good? <laughs> what? And you would really be nice to have, you know, but then when you, you see that they have something you desire, but you resent that they have it and that you don't have it, then that brings you to the place of envy. So it is by definition, a burning desire to have, follow this, a burning desire to have what somebody else has. You want what somebody else wants. Envy is easy. Go ahead and say it. Envy is easy. And by that I mean it's easy for us to get into. We live, um, you know, we just live in a crazy world sometimes. So if you don't know Jesus, you need to get hooked up with Jesus because this is a crazy world and you need a savior, not just after it's all over. You need, you need him. Y'all, y'all, y'all aren't hearing me, but you, you, you do. I pray it come back to you. But um, envy is easy and everything is about not good enough. 
You know, it used to be what's new. Now it's what's next. And we live in, you know, a technological age, information age, things constantly being upgraded and made new. And you can get this with it too. And here's accessories. And about the time you're about to get your third accessory for it, now we got a new one. And so what was handy dandy, awesome, just two days ago, now they got the new one. You go, you got the old one? I just, I'm holding it for a friend. Because I got one special ordered. It's going to be here. You know, and envy makes us lie. And, and it, just, it just throws us out all over the place. So envy is easy. Here's just a few things we would envy. We would envy somebody's job. We would envy somebody's marriage. Or if you're not married, you envy somebody's girlfriend or boyfriend. You envy, you know, and, and some of this will get touchy, but this is, this is real life. Sometimes a person who's not yet had a baby or not able to conceive yet or whatever, they would envy somebody who has one. The Bible even talks about Rachel. Um, you know, in the Bible, she couldn't have a child and that her sister did. And it just, you know, it just drove her uh, drove her mad. Um, we envy stuff. We envy sinners. Let's talk about it just for a moment. Sometimes People Magazine, all the TV shows, all this stuff, they present to you Hollywood. And, and all the chief, I was going to say sinners, um, entertainers and celebrities and some of them, I don't even know why they're celebrities. They don't have any talent. And I don't know where they got their money. You know, and they're just, they're just celebrity. And they live this life and then they get headlines all the, all the time, you know. They're in their fourth marriage. And, uh, you know, but they're pregnant. And we're so happy now. And it's by some French film star, you know, and it's just, it's just all crazy. And we're just rejoicing with them. I mean, we're not, but I mean, our... Our culture. Isn't that awesome? And they, they look how good they look, you know, and I'm so glad they're married again the twelfth time and you know and uh, here's a picture of them at rehab. Don't they look good? And 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 they just do and they come and go and they don't seem to have any responsibility and they live crazy and they seem to be so happy and carefree. And so sometimes there's this tendency and scripture warns us over and over and over, do not envy sinners. And then you got friends too. And this happens, this happens years of ministry. I've watched this happen, you know, dealt with people, things like that. They start to envy somebody else because, well, they're free. They're not in their marriage. They're out free. They're, they're doing this, man. I wish I was, they start to envy. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about, um, you know, they used to drink a lot and things like that. And then they came to the Lord and then, you know, things were pulling on them toward that. And I told him, I said, listen, you always remember this. You didn't leave anything back there. You didn't leave anything back there. But the devil in the world tries to present and market everything to you that you left something back there. You know, and so we envy sometimes. Man, they get away with everything. They just seem to have everything. They seem to be carefree and beautiful. And you just need to be careful of that. We envy people's money. We envy somebody gets an award or a position. We envy their appearance. Now, I wish my jeans fit like their jeans. 
We envy their abilities. We envy their opportunities. And what we end up with is a growing list of rivals and enemies. Because everybody's the problem now. You know, they got what I want. I wish I had that. Why can't I have that? And so it's not just desire. It's desire plus resentment. And now we have envy. And envy is rottenness to the bones. And it's ignoring lordship, it's, it's uh, dislocating your soul, it's confusing you it's spiritually and emotionally, and this is a dangerous thing, but here's the deal, it's easy. It's easy to get into envy, but the thing is, we've got to stay out of envy. So what happens here, we go from desire, everybody say desire, to dislike. So we wanted what they have, and now, guess what? We don't like them because they have it. Hold on, I'll tell you how this works in a second here. And then it goes from desire to dislike to destruction. We want bad for them. Now, we won't admit that, but that happens. Watch, I'll give you some examples. Cain... And Abel. He was envious because the offering that was given to the Lord was accepted. And you know what? Desire to dislike to the first murder. Are you all here? Uh, Saul and David. Uh, Saul has slain his ten thousands or his thousands, but David has slain his ten thousands. And here's Saul, who's the king. He's handsome. He's literally head and shoulders above the crowd. And now David comes and does some exploits in the name of the Lord. And all the people start singing praises about David. What does Saul do? Envy, rottenness to the bones. I can't stand that little punk. And in the marketplace, throws a spear at him. And it's this digression that takes place. Hold on, there's some more. Jacob's sons envied Joseph. They disliked the little squirt. Took him out, threw him in a pit. Sold him to some Bedouin traders who went by. Took his fancy little robe. Put some blood on it, went back and told dad he died. And what happened, it's envy. It's envy that happened with this. Um, Matthew chapter 27, we won't go there right now, but Pilate knew, Scripture tells us, it's in Matthew 27, Pilate knew when he released Barabbas, when he released the thief Barabbas to the crowd, turned him free, and then said, go ahead and crucify Jesus. He knew, the Scripture points out, Matthew 27, He knew and he saw that all of this was going on because the Pharisees, it says it in scripture, Pharisees envied Jesus. They envied Jesus because Jesus went around and and spoke and taught and people said, we have never heard anything like this before. They were astonished. They were standing there with their mouth open. He was doing miracles, signs and wonders. He was teaching and all these wonderful things. And you know what? They envied him. They desired what he had, but they resented that he was doing it. They had envy. They disliked him. And ultimately, they crucified him. And so that's the way that envy will work in each of our lives. Now, when you envy, you don't want good for somebody else. 
You also end up fearful, critical, resentful, begrudging, joyless, competitive, greedy. And now here's where I want to get because this is where it manifests with us. And also then self-pity. Everybody go ahead and say self-pity. Look at me. Self-pity is ugly. You don't look good when you've got it. Okay? You don't look good when you got it because you're going to start saying things like this. Not fair. Unfair. That will start coming up. When you've got envy in you, self-pity starts to take root. And you're, well, this is just not fair. It's not fair. Not fair. Not fair. And we're creating a culture of envy. You know, it's not fair. How come they get that? Well, because they worked for it. Because they went to school. Because of this. Because God blessed them. Why don't you work? Why don't you line yourself up with God? You know, I, I mean, it's just all over the place. Y'all with me? Or the other way we do it is this. We get gossipy and slanderous. And so we hear of something going good for somebody. And we would like it to go good for us. But we resent it. So we envy it. And so we, don't, we dislike. And we want destruction. But listen. But we're sharp enough, so to speak, that we're not going to say that. So here's what we do when we hear a good of somebody that we envy. Yeah, but... Everybody say, yeah, but. Oh, I know. Yeah, but. If you knew what I knew, what do you know? Oh, well. Right? And we've got to be careful. It's just an ugly thing. It's just an ugly thing. We need to keep it out. Envy is of the flesh, and so it attracts the devil. When you have envy in your life, it's going to attract the devil. In Galatians uh, 5, it talks about the works of the flesh. Listed in there is envy. Are you all here? In James chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. But if you have, watch this. I told you that envy is of the flesh and it attracts the devil. If you have bitter envy, everybody say envy. And self-seeking in your hearts. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom is does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and what? Demonic. Demonic. For where, what? Envy Envy and self-seeking exist, literally allowed to remain. So it may happen, but don't allow it to remain. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. It goes from bad to worse when you allow Envy and self-seeking to stay. So we've got to get it out of there because guess what? The devil smells it. He's going to come in and bring confusion and every evil thing will be there. Then we read in Galatians 5.26. Let us, say that's me. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Scripture demands that we do not envy. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, laying aside or putting away or getting rid of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 5. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Everybody read this next part with me. Love does not envy. Let's do it one more time. Love does not envy. Envy. It goes on to say love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. And so love, or scripture rather, demands that we do not envy. So, we might, envy is easy, and we might find ourselves in envy. We might be envying, 
but we can't stay there. If it's allowed to remain, we have to get rid of it. So I want to go real quick here and show you the cure to envy. All right. Oops. So. All right. These things, and, and you may not think I can do this, but I'm, I'm going to major on the last one. But I have six things I want to share with you real quick. These will move you from envy. They will move you from envy to love, brotherly love, and to trust. So the first one, number one, is face it. Face it. That's something we have to do a lot, isn't it? We've got to realize some things about ourselves. Here's a couple of things. Face it. Realize that you probably have some envy. I mean, if you're really honest with yourself, I mean, probably today you were envious of somebody or something. Got quiet. (laughs) Also under this, recognize that it is vicious and destructive. It's bad for you. And thirdly, you got to hate it and kill it. So you got to face it. I probably do have some envy in me. I want to get it out. Recognize it is not good for me. And start to hate it. Start to recognize it, hate it, and kill it. Because listen to me, envy does not shrink on its own. This will not go away on its own. You're going to have to apply this prescription I'm giving you tonight to make this go away. So first of all, we're going to have to face it. Secondly... Be thankful. Be thankful. See, if you spend all your time comparing, desiring what someone else has and not being grateful for what you have, you set yourself up for envy. It's called the myth of more. The myth of more. Well, if I just had a little more of this. If I had one more, if I could make one more purchase, had one more dollar, had one more opportunity, one more relationship, uh, one more thing. I'm just one more thing away from contentment, and it's a lie. You need to be thankful for what you have. Wake your neighbor. You need to be thankful for what you have. Get this. Gratitude suffocates envy. If you'll get gratitude going in your life, envy, the green will fade. Get gratitude going. How many of you have heard of Corey Tin Boom? Okay. She was in concentration camp, Nazi concentration camp. The one she was in was called Ravensbrück. And after she got out of there miraculously, and her story is incredible, and she loved God, and God was faithful to her. But she was in a concentration camp. God was faithful to her. For 33 years after she was released, she never had a permanent home. She never had a place of her own. When she was 85 years old, some friends put her in a beautiful home in Southern California. Gave her home, set her up in a beautiful home. And I love this this statement. Some people came to visit her. And they looked around and they said, oh, my, Corey, God has been so good to you. Looking at her house, referencing the house, God has been so good to you. And she says, oh, but even when I was at Ravensbrook, God was good to me. And see, I think we just got, 
you know, we, we put the wrong value on things, you know. Oh, now God's being good to me. No, God was good to her there, too. But I'm going to tell you something. That's gratitude. And gratitude suffocates envy. Thirdly, and this kill it too. Be generous. Listen to all those amens. Be generous. Give. And I'm not just talking about money, but yeah, money. Give compliments. Don't flatter, but give compliments. Give breaks. Give credit. You know, I don't think it hurts to give somebody a little more credit than you're comfortable giving them. Man, we couldn't do it without them. You're like, yeah, we probably could. And I'm not talking about lying or whatever, but how about we build somebody up? Instead of taking away and living close-fisted, you know, give compliments. You look awesome today. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you look better than you usually do. Tell him. See, that's what I'm talking about. Here's what I'm trying to get you to do. Stop living like this. Start living like this. You'll be blessed. Give, find needs, meet needs. Love people, give credit, give compliments, reach out, smile, spend time with folks, do things, be generous. You'll kill envy. Number four, you with me? Remember the three C's. Does anybody remember them? Don't, don't compete, don't complain. Don't compare, don't complain. Don't compete. Everybody say, don't compete. Don't, compete. don't compare. Don't, compare. Don't, complain. don't complain. And see, that's exactly what envy is. We're competing with somebody. We're comparing with somebody. And we end up complaining. Watchman Nee, who was a Chinese theologian, he, he originated these. And I, I just think they're scriptural too. Don't compete. Don't compare. Don't complain. Everybody say it. Don't compete. Don't compare. Don't complain. And he referenced those things in terms of living in the body of Christ. If you want to live in the body of Christ and be at peace with people, then don't compete with people. Don't compare yourself with people. And don't complain. And in doing so, you know, you're also going to help to snuff out envy. And then number five. Cheer for others. Cheer for others. This is, this is kind of new for some folks. Romans 12, 15. Let's read this as a basis here. Romans 12, 15. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Instead, a lot of times we've got that backwards. We rejoice when they weep. And we weep when they rejoice. And you know what? That is not God's way. That's this again. And instead, you know what? Let it go. Just let it go. And you know what? If something goes good for something, rejoice. Rejoice. Now, if they're evil, leave that all up to God. 
Because I'm telling you, they might flourish as a flower today, but they'll be cut down tomorrow, not found tomorrow. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about people within your reach, within your view, people at work, people this, 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 this. You know, in pastor's world, this is something people have to fight. You know, it's just just all over, all over in your life, your business. You know, you watch it all the time with business. It's, it's crazy the way business works, you know. Lowe's opens up in a town. Home Depot goes right across the street. Walgreens opens up. CVS right there. It's like, come on. You know, and there's a competition all the time. You know, and those things happen. You got mom and pop stores in a town. And Walmart shows up. You know, and, you, and you've got all these things going on. And so it's just like... And you might have reason to feel that way, but you can't stay that way. It's rottenness to your bones. Well, here's the big one, and this is where I was headed all night. Number six. It's going to get a whole page of its own. Number six. Follow Jesus. Listen to this. When you follow Jesus, when I follow Jesus, listen to this statement. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. And I don't have to worry about them. Everybody say, when I follow Jesus, I don't have to worry about this, about that, or about them. Let's do it again. When I follow Jesus, I don't have to worry about this, about that, or about them. In John chapter 21, a risen Jesus that we're going to celebrate this week. A risen Jesus is with the guys. And Peter had denied him three times. And um, Jesus was talking to Peter. And I won't go into it all right now. There's incredible depth of things in there. And he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, yeah, I, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. And then he asked, and the Greek gets a little more complicated and incredible. And he said, do you, do you love me? He goes, do you really love me? Yeah, I do. I love you. He said, feed my sheep. And then a third time. Why a third time? Well, because he denied him three times. And the third time he asked him again, do you, do you really love me? He said, yeah, I, I love you. He goes, then feed my sheep. And then um, John walks by. And John was called the beloved. And Peter and John probably at times, honestly, it's not in scripture, but I think it happened. I think they fought it out sometimes. Serious. Because you can't hang around that close, that intense, three and a half people. I don't care if Jesus is there. Jesus probably, you guys. And they probably had words at times and stuff. And John walks by, the beloved. And Peter says, well, let's go ahead and read it here. You can come, whoever, Tommy. John 21, 21. Peter, seeing him, John, said to Jesus, but Lord, here we go. What about this man? What about him? Watch what Jesus says. 
Jesus said to him, if, now he's not saying this was going to be the case. He, he reached for something really big. If I will that he remain till I come. Help me. Say it again. What? What is that to you? And here's his remedy. What does he say? You follow me. You follow me. Jesus, you know, threw a big one at me. What if I let him be the first man on the moon? What is that to you? What if somebody does this, somebody does this, somebody does this, somebody has this, somebody says this? You know what? Here's your best remedy. Just follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus. Because you know what? When I follow Jesus, I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. And I don't have to worry about them. Say it with me. When I follow Jesus, I don't have to worry about this, about that, or about them. You just follow Jesus. How many of you know Jesus can take care of you? And envy is rottenness to the bones. You might get envious, but don't stay envious. Get that out of you and just follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. Do you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Good deal. Um, last, last week, um, I took my son, Lee, and we went to a minister's conference out in, in Dallas. And we walked into Gateway Church, and Gateway Church is one, honestly, one of the premier churches in this country, just doing an incredible thing. And I've got to tell you, listen to me, look at me. This is probably the most fabulous church building I've ever seen in my life. And in the children's areas, they had, how many have been like Bush Gardens before, and you've seen like these roller coasters that, you know, they're metal, and they, they had track for that, cutting through the the ceilings and the walls and everything else through all their children's area. And there's like cars and, you know, just, just incredible stuff. There's sanctuary, their equipment and all this. And I walked in there and I, I think I said it to Lee. If I didn't say it, I sure thought, I thought, you know, coming into a place like this either makes you want to really try harder or just quit altogether. But yet, then we met the people, and we saw the ministry. And you know what? I rejoice for the kingdom of God that there's such a place like that. And I cannot tell you, are you ready for this, how open-handed they were. We had dinner the other night, Lee and I in the pastor's home. We never met him before. And I, we couldn't have asked, and the people that we were there with were brand new friends. I couldn't ask. It's like... Where have you guys been? Because they're so open-handed, so loving, so caring, so take, your, take their time with you, so giving. What can we do for you? And I'm telling you what, I want to be that kind of Christian. I want us to be that kind of church. I want you to be that kind of person. And I think it all comes right back down to this, and I want to get this on the inside of you. If you walk with Jesus, if you follow Jesus... You don't have to worry about this, and you don't have to worry about that, and you don't have to worry about them. You just follow him, and it's going to be amazing places that he takes you. Amen? Well, we've had a good night, haven't we? Why don't you go ahead and stand up?